Welcome back to Ravens Recap, to the start of our off-season content. Today we're going to talk about the free agents, particularly on the offense that the Ravens might want to pick up to bolster their otherwise extremely young roster. All right, so this show is exclusively about the offensive free agents, and then you can check it back at a later time. We'll look at the defensive side of the ball. I think when we're looking at the offense, you can go up and down the position groups. Uh, I think there's certainly spots that Ravens fans want to see the Ravens address. Probably the one that fans are going to want to see addressed the most is the wide receiver position, which is an extremely intriguing uh, discussion, which... I'm sure is going to last for quite a while and take up a huge amount of articles because the Ravens, as we know, have a lot of young receivers, intriguing talents, none of which have lived up to the exact hopes of what was expected. So there's the question of the trade-off between how much do you hold on to these guys you invested draft capital in and developing them, but you may never get the returns that you're looking for and putting money towards, you know, a position that's going to command a big contract. So when we're looking at this position, I guess we have to start this talk with Allen Robinson because that's what the, I would say if you polled the majority of the fan base, that is the guy that most people would want to see in purple and black. I just read NFL.com's top 101 free agents today. And Allen Robinson, I think was number three. (laughs) Cool. So So, the Ravens will be able to get him on the cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Veteran minimum. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely one of those position groups. I, you know, I think we talked about it last episode in the season recap. It's it, it's something where I think the Ravens have to make a move, if only to have a veteran guy, uh, kind of lead that locker room. Last year, I think Willie Sneed and and to some extent Des Bryant were kind of those guys. Um, both of them aren't coming back um, at this point. Well, I mean, I guess Sneed could be resigned. I think Des, I think, has expressed his interest in not playing it for for Baltimore he seemed to think I guess that uh, they were running a different system for what he was looking for but yeah I mean there are lots of guys on this list outside of the big one Allen Robinson and um, yeah it's it's gonna be super interesting though I'm really curious who they're gonna bring in there's a lot of names here of guys who have produced in the past yeah, I don't know. I, I I just I really don't know if if it's if it's just like a vet leadership guy or or did the Ravens want to bring in somebody who that they know that they can produce like a you know wide receiver one two or, or something. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it, we have five young wide receivers on the roster, and last year the Ravens at least carried six wide receivers at all times. So if you add one veteran guy and don't draft anybody, then you keep them all. And it's fine, right? That said, this wide receiver draft class is extremely good. Some are saying it might be as deep as last year. And we saw how productive a lot of those receivers were. So I would not be surprised at all if we spent high draft capital picking up a guy. But like you guys said, having the veteran leadership in the locker room would really help. And to bring a 1A who's ready to go and you're trying to make this last year of the window, so to speak with Lamar Jackson on a cheaper contract come through, you got to pick up one of these guys. So I think we should get into the names. Who's your number one guy. If you had to pick one, I can start if you want. (laughs) I'm going to let you start because it sounds like you have someone in mind. It's not Corey Davis. Like a lot of the uh, (laughs) friends in our (laughs) Ravens recap chat (laughs) like to think. 
No, it's not Corey Davis, although I think he's great, and I understand why people want him. I like Marvin Jones, because I think he'll be a little bit cheaper, and I think he has a lot in the tank. I think you can get this guy for, I don't know, less than Corey Davis is going to make, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) It's always hard to say. It's hard hard to speculate how much a guy's going to make. I think I saw on one of the things an expectation that you can get Marvin Jones for maybe $8 million a year. I'll say, okay, whatever. He's most intriguing to me because he has all of the things that you want to see, and we see him step up at these big games when he doesn't have a Galladay and produce, and I just think that he's the, the right kind of guy for our team. He makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, he wasn't a name that I was thinking of initially when I was thinking about who is available uh, in this upcoming free agency class, but the more I think about it, the more he makes a ton of sense he is on a little on the older side at 30, but that's not really that old for an NFL wide receiver. He did have some injuries last year. Uh, that might bring his contract down a bit. Some teams might not go after him because of that. But if we're looking at what we want the, the Ravens to get, we want them to get a guy who is going to be a veteran presence in the locker room, like you said, and also want a guy who, if Hollywood Brown turns it on and becomes the number one Pro Bowl wide receiver we all think he can be, is fine with being you know a number two guy or number three option in the offense. And I think, granted, I've watched this guy's career from afar, but I think that he is a guy who is fine being that if he needs to be. Because if you look when he's been in Detroit, whether it's been Golden Tate or Kenny Galladay, um, he's never really been the de facto number one guy, but he's always been a guy who's been like a 1A, 1B. So I think if if you look at just what he could bring to the team and how he's a guy who might be okay with what role that we would expect him to have, there's a lot of things that could work out with Marvin Jones and the Ravens. I mean, you just look at the last four seasons, three of them, he had nine touchdowns. So he has a nose for the end zone. And he just gets those consistent numbers. You know, he's going to get you anywhere from 50 to 60, maybe even 70 last year when when in called upon receptions, a little bit over eight yards per target, just target every single play. You'll get first downs, right? That's how that works. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Yeah, I guess my only question with a guy like Marvin Jones is basically would he want to play in this offense? I mean, he was with the Bengals for a while. Bengals have always kind of been a passing first team and uh, Detroit also as well. I mean, they've been a passing first team ever, you know, since they've had Matt Stafford. Um, I know they don't have him anymore, but for the 10 years prior to that, they've been a pass first team. They really haven't cared that much about the run game. So um, I think that's my biggest question mark for me is just, you know, does he want to try and produce in an offense like this where he knows he's not going to be the first option or maybe even the second option? (laughs) I don't think there's anywhere he can go where he'll be a number one. Unless it's a crap team, right? Let's just be no, real. But I don't I mean, think he's that kind of talent. Allen Robinson replacement in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chicago, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, still, but I mean, the, the number three option on a pass first team is very different from a number three option on a Ravens team, right? Last year's and the year before that Ravens team. I, I, I don't like to sp- subscribe to the narrative that we're going to be passing so much less the NFL uh, next year. I understand that's what they keep saying, but why would they lie? Or like, why would they tell you the truth, right? Um, <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying they're going to suddenly become, you know, the past happiest offense. There's no way. What I'm saying is it's not out of the realm of possibility that they are in, like, you know, 
20th in the league. I really don't think it is. Yeah, that's fair. It will be interesting to see how, you know, the online Twitter reviews of Greg Roman uh, from (laughs) players who were in the system last year have an impact at all, if any, on receivers coming here. We'll see. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that the Ravens could move to more of a passing attack this coming season. Uh, however, I think we've said that going into last year and the year before that, too. And they just continue to to do a lot of, of running the ball football. But yeah, I, I think at this point, it really doesn't matter what the Ravens end up doing. It just matters what the perception of these guys who are on the open market is of what the Ravens offense is going to be. So to that point, I do think Chris brings up an interesting caveat with Jones. If he would want to come to an offense that runs the ball way more than his previous two stops. This is going to be a question for any guy that they sign. And I think it's really going to come down to for one of these guys to say, Hey, I want to win a Super Bowl, right? Like it's a classic thing that Harbs have said, you know, it's just, at the end of the day, it comes down to if they want to play for a winning football team, if they don't care about their stats, then that might be the way to go. I mean, heck, if one of these guys signed for a nice contract that would take them right to the end of their career, I'm looking at Marvin Jones, right? Like if he signed for like a three or four year deal, like realistically, is this guy going to be playing in the NFL after that? I don't know. Probably not. If they were to sign one of these guys for a little bit longer of a contract where all they're trying to do is get glory and not necessarily like worry about the next contract, it might work out all right. I don't know. Just a thought. You get to play with Lamar Jackson. I would do it. Be interesting to watch. Absolutely. I do want to, though, talk about a guy that you mentioned but um, didn't go into detail on. I do think Corey Davis would be an interesting signing if they are unable to get Marvin Jones. Corey Davis would not have the issue of um, being unfamiliar of a run-first offense, (laughs) as that's what he was with Tennessee. Granted, he might... Seeing how he did not have the years that scouts were expecting he would have during his time in Tennessee, he might also want to get away from that. But I think that Davis, I don't think he's as good as we thought he was back in 2017 when we were really hoping the Ravens would pick him and we're a little disgruntled that we got Marlon Humphrey instead. But I also don't think he's been as bad as his stats show. I just think it's been a bad fit for him in Tennessee and he has improved each year he's been in the NFL. Granted, you know, that improvement has never been as much as one would have wanted, but he is an intriguing option as a guy who I don't think we would expect to be more than a number one, number two receiver in this offense if the Ravens decided to go that route. Yeah, it's just looking at the list of guys we have here. I mean, Corey Davis, I think to me, is probably one of the few guys where I'm like, situation seems pretty similar to what he's on now. And it seems like it could be a good fit. A lot of these other guys, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just going to go down the list. Like Curtis Samuel, Kenny Galladay, Juju, Will Fuller, guys like that, Rashard Higgins. All these guys are coming off their first contract, right? And so I I just don't think that fits the Ravens' MO. I think that they're probably going to be more sought after. And the Ravens just aren't going to compete with those type of guys. Allen Robinson might be an exception, I think, just because, uh, you know, he was traded between teams. But still, I I don't, you know, with him being one of the top receivers in the position, I just don't think it makes too much sense. 
after watching the Super Bowl, Chris Godwin was a guy that I had my eye on because he had some incredible running blocks. And I was like, if he can uh, run block for uh, Leonard Fournette, he can run block for Gus and, and J.K. But uh, it seems more likely to me that the Bucks are probably going to use the franchise tag on him. Or, I mean, he, he should be one of the highly uh, sought-after receivers in this market. Uh, so I don't think the Ravens are going to pick him up, although it would be pretty cool. Another guy, in terms of you know going back to what you said, Alec, about guys who are just wanting to win a Super Bowl, there's maybe one other guy to me that might be a fit, but I'm not sure if it's the right guy to bring in. T.Y. Hilton, he's been around the league for a while. He's been a good receiver, especially with uh, Andrew Luck. But in the years after that, he's battled some injuries, hasn't performed quite as well. So, you know, he could be a guy that could be, uh, you know, due for a resurgence. But I'm just not sure if that diversifies the Ravens wide receiver room enough because he's he's kind of like a speedster, right? I mean, he can make some of those underneath catches, but he's not known for that. But, you know, hey, if the Ravens are just looking for vet leadership, that might not be a bad idea. I like T.Y. a lot, but... I just think if they're going to spend the money, I want it to be a guy who I have like more confidence in bringing it because T.Y. kind of disappeared this year um, until the second half of the year when like whenever he played Houston, he did really well. He has this track record of like destroying <laughs> Houston and I mean, they didn't I play think... him. In, they didn't play him until the end of the year yeah. and they play him back to back and they had good games and he just and overall had better games then. And yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, uh, maybe he was nursing an injury, who knows, and got actually healthier through the season, which is like the opposite of most players. I just think that, again, like if you're going to go for the money, it's not worth it. I will say in like a fanfic world where I like, you know, just write all the rules, so to speak. Yeah, Chris Godwin ends up on the Ravens. He's he's my favorite guy out of this whole class, for sure. Like, if I had to pick yeah. a guy where, like, money's not an object, right? Like, if we had to play a luxury tax, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, get, go get Chris Godwin. It's fine, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But that's not the NFL we live in, particularly with the COVID cap restrictions. I, I think a guy that no one's really talking about, and he can fit really well in this offense, I think, uh, is Juju Smith-Schuster, the enemy from no. up north. And I, I, I know, I don't actually think it's going to happen, but I, I think I think he would fit better, again, in, in an alternate universe where that actually happened. I think he would fit better than most Ravens fans are willing to let on. So, for me, I I wanted the Ravens to draft Juju in the second round, that, whenever that year was he came out. What was it, 2018, I think? I, I liked so. him coming out of college. I liked him his rookie year. And then I feel like every year since then, I've liked him less and less. And really the the second half of this season, just do, I don't think that whatever team signs Juju can feel fairly confident about what you're going to get long-term with this guy just because his attitude was just so... I don't know. He He just didn't seem like a guy who was really all there from a mental perspective and just doing those weird Twitter dances on the on the <laughs> logos and getting teams fired up. I, I don't believe that that's why the Browns won that playoff game was because Juju danced on a logo. But still, like you're giving bulletin board material for teams like it's toilet paper. It's just, I don't know. I mean, there's no doubt that he's he has talent. I just I, I just don't know if if he's got the the work ethic you want for a guy that you're going to shell out that limited cap to that's fair i think the biggest thing is i know there's a perception that tomlin is like a really you know strict coach 
But I think he lets things slide that Harbs wouldn't, including that dancing thing. Like, I, I guarantee that would not happen on the Ravens, right? So that's kind of my reason why I think you could get him. And I don't think he'll be disgruntled about it, right? Like, you can you can put your TikTok dances up when you're not on the field. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. But, yeah, I mean, for all those reasons, sure, let's not bring in Juju. Let's go get uh, <laughs> Marvin Jones. Let's get Corey Davis. Um I, I, I did have a couple like weirder names on here. So uh, I know we talked about it last year, but X Factor is a free agent again. So uh, <laughs> could definitely go down that route. Uh, but let's not. I thought Rashard Higgins was really interesting. Um, I think, again, he doesn't really bring the what we're looking for out of a veteran at all or even like the skill sets we've talked about. But I do think he's an interesting piece that could could, you know, continue to grow and be useful in the Ravens. But we have a lot of guys of our own that they need to develop. So he's not too interesting to me. Curtis Samuel's super interesting, too. I just think that I would be surprised if he came here on the second contract. If Greg Roman is still the offensive coordinator next year, I think Curtis Samuel is the most intriguing name on this list just because of his the versatility of what he can do from not just the wide receiver position, but lining up as a as a tailback on jet sweeps, um, on gadget plays. I think Greg Roman could do quite a bit with a guy like Curtis Samuel. Um, I still have questions as to whether or not Greg Roman is going to be the offensive coordinator for the team this year. And then I think Curtis Samuel's intrigue in the Ravens goes plummets quite a bit. But yeah, I think if he would come here on a second contract, I think there's, and Roman's year, there's definitely some intrigue. So him and Devin Duvernay are basically the same build. So part of me is like, do you spend money to buy a guy that might be already on your roster? Because we were using Duvernay and some similar kind of gadgets. That's very fair. I believe that the Ravens should give Duvernay a bigger shot. I think we all believe that. I think we're also just also confused as to the role Duvernay had on this team last year and are curious as to whether or not the Ravens really want to give him a, a big shot. So... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I guess it just kind of depends. If the Ravens do sign Samuel, I, that would probably say a lot towards what their comfort level is with Duvernay going forward. Out of curiosity, I feel like we should hit on this a little bit more, Peter, but w- why don't you think that Roman is going to finish out the offensive coordinator? I feel like we haven't talked about this. That seems like a, a hot topic we should probably dive into for a minute or two. Well, I mean, so I will preface with, if the Ravens were going to let him go, he probably would have been gone already. I think that it is something the Ravens should explore, not necessarily because I think the Ravens are doomed if if Roman stays. I think there's pros and cons to keeping him. But I think if you look at Lamar Jackson right now, he's in year four of his NFL career. Assuming the Ravens don't reach an extension before the start of the season, you still got him on his rookie contract. If there's any time to see if if a change in coordinator would benefit him as a passer, I think right now is the time you do it because he's still young. He's still easily coachable. Like we said, he's still cheap, so you can fit a lot of more talent around him than you will later. So it's not even necessarily that Greg Roman's not a good guy for the Ravens offense it's just if you don't think that he's the best guy for the Ravens offense the best time to make a change would be right now in my opinion 
Okay. Again, I have no. I don't think the Ravens are going to do it at this point. But that that was just my thought at the very end of the season, and at the moment, it doesn't look like that's what the Ravens are planning to do. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. No. When I when I initially heard it, I was like, was he thinking about some theory about Roma not finishing the end of the season or something? Is he predicting like the the Cam Cameron <laughs> event that's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> not right now <laughs> but yeah. you know like we said if if we've seen it before if the ravens feel that an offensive coordinator isn't getting the job done they'll let him go but right again i don't think i need to re-say it but i'll still re-say it. <laughs> if, if they were going to do it they probably would have done it already so it's probably another sure. year of greg roman <laughs> sure yeah okay yeah that makes sense i'm guessing you guys don't want to talk about aj green coming to the ravens and we can continue <laughs> we can i mean Maybe he can get healthy and be, you know, at least a dependable possession receiver who can coach up some of these younger guys. I wouldn't put him as a priority over some of these other guys on the list, but I could see them signing him at the vet minimum on a one-year deal if other Camp, options Camp don't body. work out. As long as it's not Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> I mean, I could see them doing something worth a really old wide receiver as a camp body um the sean jackson if they're so stupid as to do that uh but i don't no. think they are that stupid no no <laughs> way no way he just he's not not he is like not a culture fit at all yeah i know he's not a character guy yeah. i mean I'm, I'm worried that aj green wouldn't be right G- given the last two years mm-hmm I don't think AJ Green's a character problem. I think that was more frustration with the front office of him being like, hey, you guys have had me around for so long and I only have so many years left in the NFL and you guys are starting over at square one. So what the heck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if I think a change of scenery, I don't think you have any character problems with AJ Green at all. From Just from, from what I've seen from him. Yeah, it w- I don't think it would be the worst, but yeah, it definitely wouldn't be a, a priority for me. I guess to close this out, we maybe have to talk about Sammy Watkins since now uh, one of the new offensive coaches was a former coach of him. But even if he you got him under a good contract, which you probably could with his limited production the past couple of years, I think Watkins seems to me like a guy whose best football is behind him. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, again, just like scheme fit, like, I mean, I'm sure he was having a blast playing with Mahomes and playing in our offense where he would air it out. 40, 50 times a game. I, I just, I don't, I don't see Watkins taking a, a step back to be like, I'm going to win a Super Bowl with this team. It just, it, it, I don't know, doesn't line up for me. All right. Well, I think if a lot of fans would agree that the position of second most need would be the offensive line, uh, specifically the center to the right of that position with the inconsistent play at center, whether it be Skura or McCary, um, and the short-term answer to replacing Hall of Famer Marshall Yonda, or excuse me, future Hall of Famer Marshall Yonda, not getting the exe- immediate returns that could be hoped or were really expected. I mean, you're never going to replace a guy like that in one year. We were talking uh, before the show that some of these positions, you're probably going to fill them better in the draft. I'm curious, Alec, if this is one of those positions you think will be better filled in the draft or there's some free agents out there? Oh, and there's definitely free agents. Um, I think it's an interesting position the Ravens find themselves in with a plethora of interior linemen talent that um, they just, you know, are younger or haven't established yet. Um, 
I could see if you really, again, you know, if you're trying to win this year and you want to just throw money at the problem, you go and pick up Corey Lindsay and then you're like, boom, the Ravens are here. You know, Aaron Rodgers was protected. Now Lamar is protected. And then, uh, you know, you're good to go. I don't know. The draft does have a lot of really good tackle prospects. So there's definitely potential for the Ravens to draft another right tackle, uh, particularly if um, Orlando Brown Jr. is traded, which I do think if he is traded, my my hot take on that is he's traded on draft day. And if he's not traded by draft day, I'll be kind of surprised if he's traded. Yeah, I'm, I think it makes I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I would assume they would want the it would want that first round pick this year. Like it, he would get yeah. more expensive afterwards. Yep. So or like whatever pick is it going to be. So yep. I think he gets traded on draft day if he gets traded. And I think the Ravens are going to draft a tackle regardless. Um, and he'll either be a swing tackle or a, a tackle tackle. And I think their interior line's already on the, the roster. But um, if they want to spend money to make it better than what's on the roster, which I'm not saying that they couldn't, there's certainly some options. That's kind of a long-winded answer, I know. <laughs> but I feel like that actually for a lot of the position groups, like the Ravens have done a decent job of drafting. Like a lot of a lot of position groups aren't so dire that you don't know who's going to start. And it's not that they're not NFL quality starters. It's just that they're trying to win a Super Bowl. So you, you're trying to bolster your lineup. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what you're looking at. Going back to last year, I said, you know, free agency is a Band-Aid for, for failed drafting in a way. Um, you could say that they failed at drafting these interior linemen. They have a lot of them. They're all like, okay, but they're not great. And you're trying to be great. So that's where we're at. Yeah, I think it was a great point. Um, yeah, with the Ravens trying to be a Super Bowl team, you, you got to draft the best. If, if the Ravens weren't this close, I think they would uh, wait out McCarry. He, I mean, he's he's still played relatively well. I think in uh, the spots he's been given. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the playoff game I think was the outlier. It was it was not a good performance by any stretch of the imagination. But the rest of it, like he's played pretty well. Like he could, um, you know, he, theoretically he still has some room to grow and still room to be a better player, but. The Ravens need to win in the next two years before Lamar Jackson's contract uh, becomes up. Uh, other than that, you know, after that, it becomes a lot harder for that to happen. So for me, uh, we got a lot of names on this on this list: Brandon Scherf, Corey Lindsley, Rick Wagner, David Andrews, Austin Reader, Alex Mack, Matt Feeler, James Hurst, Jermaine Illuminar. If I had to pick one guy from this list that you know maybe might make some sense I, i'm not exactly sure how much money he's going to be worth but david andrews i i thought was a pretty good player up in new england um if the ravens did want to invest in center i think he might be a, a guy to go after uh alex mack I, I think is just the ship has sailed on that i think the ravens were linked to him a few years ago before he ended up going to the falcons I, i'm not sure if it makes sense to to bring him back uh given his age at this point and bringing back hearse and illuminor that's not an upgrade. <laughs> Neither of those guys are <laughs> upgrades over what we have now. So I don't think a reunion for those guys makes sense. Yeah. One thing I think that you look at this and you're like feeling good about is that there's a decent amount of options. Um, we talked about how obviously going into the season, we didn't feel good about the center position last year, but you look at what the options were in the off season, both from the draft and the free agency class. Matt Skura was actually one of the, probably you could make a really strong argument is one of the best three options the Ravens had. Um, yeah. This year, it looks like there's a lot more that's out there. Uh, a lot of guys who've been around the league for a while and have been played in some high profile offenses. I, I haven't watched any tape on Alex Mack to know how, what his current playing state is, but you know, 
I'm looking at, at Matt Burke. So he was born in 1976. So he was around Alex Mack's age when he uh, started on the Ravens in 2012 when the Ravens made the Super Bowl. So again, two different players. Matt Burke's age 35. It's not necessarily going to be Alex Mack at 35. But the Ravens did sign uh, Matt Burke in 2009 when he was younger. Uh, but yeah, he was around between 34 and 36 when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and wasn't playing the best football of his career, but still at a high enough level to start and be pretty good. Uh, so maybe Mac on like a one or two year deal would be something the Ravens could explore. Um, but yeah, circle back. There are a lot of options out there if the Ravens don't feel comfortable with Skura going forward. Yeah, and I think there's definitely a case to be made for the Ravens to draft a guy who could play swing tackle. We saw him, you know, kind of basically try to do that last year with Fluker. Um, we don't think that Fluker will come back. He's also a free agent that I didn't include on this list. But I could see a guy coming back, um, sort of back, like Rick Wagner or um, getting a new guy in town, Matt Feeler. I could see those plays happening. But since it's such a rich draft for tackles, I think it's a little bit more out there for the Ravens to actually execute that. Do you think that there's any chance that the Ravens bring Skura back? Yes. I believe there's a very good chance that the Ravens bring Skura back because unlike, you know, Ravens Twitter, they actually know the man and like have, uh, you know, relations. And I think if there's no market for him, which is conceivable in a COVID year, that no one really ends up taking the risk on him or if he's going to be a backup wherever he goes, he might go with a Ravens cheaper offer. And I think he's a better backup than, uh, you know, people will give him credit for. You know, he had bad snaps. He apparently had a cut on his hand. Those can take a while to recover. And it's not going to happen in season if he keeps snapping. And who knows? He could have came in. It never would have happened, right? But he could have came in in that Bills game and maybe had better snapping success than McCary did. We don't know because it didn't happen. And like... I don't know. The guy played too well for too long. I understand he had a huge knee injury, and I think he's only going to improve from that. <laughs> like, the knee has nothing to do with the snap, I don't think. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I disagree. You're getting you're getting leverage off your off your legs, right? I mean, if if you're not able to... I mean, I guess it's a, it's a full motion. So, I understand. Right. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I guess he wasn't having those problems, though. It, it was interesting. Like, as he started playing better as a center... He was having more snap issues, and I yeah. feel like that's that's why it's like kind of weird, dude. I have to say, like I I've heard a lot of athletes say in the past that when you have a major injury, especially a leg injury, uh, a lot of professional athletes have said your first year back, you're not back. You're on the field, but you're definitely not 100. And I can say, you know, I'm not a professional athlete, but when I blew out my knee, like I was back on the pickup basketball court a year later, but it wasn't until another year that like I felt like I was fully healed from that thing. And there was definitely some range of motion limitations on some things that, that were second nature before that, even after, you know, I was fully done with physical therapy. So like wherever Matt Skura plays next year, whether that's Baltimore or somewhere else, I would expect him to be better just because he's going to be a full another year back from his recovery. Um, and what, how, whatever that was hampering from his skill last year that, you know, he's not going to have to deal with that. But I think, yeah, if the Ravens are able to get an upgrade, because even, even Skura at full strength, I think some of these guys are, are better than what he brings. But 
at the same time, I agree. If Skura comes back to the Ravens in a backup role, or even if he's a starter, I don't think it's it's something that fans should write off and say, oh, the offense is going to be doomed again, <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the whole conversation we had about uh, Phillips at the end of the year. Why like, why is he still in? He keeps letting up all these these problems. Well, you know, we're not there at practice. We don't see what they see. And, like, if you trust that the Ravens have good coaches, <laughs> like... You know, you'd hope they're making the best decision they can. So it's one of those kind of odd things. I could see it's a little bit different than Phillips because he was at least a rookie and you're trying to give him reps. Whereas Skur is a veteran, so you might be worried that they're playing veteran favoritism. Um, if there's some like young hotshot, who knows? But I don't know. The Ravens have been pretty good about getting over themselves. I mean, they, they, they did it to Ingram. And I think he was the biggest example of like, Eventually, the, no matter how much you love the veteran, they have to step aside if the other people are producing. All right. Well, uh, let's get to the next couple of position groups here. So um, probably next one to talk about is uh, the tight end group. So we know that Mark Andrews is coming back on the last year of his rookie deal. And Nick Boyle just signed an extension, so he's going to be here. Uh, is there anybody else on the market that we you know, might be interested in as a third tight end option? I was very intrigued when I was going through the list of seeing Anthony Ferkster as an available free agent. And the reason I say that is, I was saying last year, it'd be cool to have a guy that back up Ricard, because we didn't have a backup to Ricard. If Ricard got hurt, there was no fullback on the team. And Ferkster kind of played that H-back role in Tennessee. He's a smaller body. He's not 300 pounds lumbering like uh, Ricard is. Uh, He's only about uh, 240 pounds. But... He could participate in the diamond formation, kind of like Hurst did. I think that overall, he could be an interesting fit and a cheaper option for the Ravens uh, to to get than some of these other names. It's an interesting point because pretty much everywhere else, except for Kyle Shanahan's offense, you lose the fullback and teams are just like, all right, well, guess we're going five wide, you know? it's But in today's NFL, uh, but the Ravens are a team that with what they're due on offense with this run-heavy packages, you're 100% right. Ricard is indispensable to this offense, and if he goes down, I mean, you could have Boyle do some of what Ricard does, but that's taking away some of the strength he brings to the offense if you're just going to exclusively put him in that role. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a great insight, and Ferksker might be a guy that, that the Ravens already have pretty high on their want list because he would probably be pretty cheap the Ravens for reasons that I just mentioned are a team that would have him as a higher priority than pretty much the rest of the field so yeah I could totally see that being a direction the Ravens go yeah as far as most of the other names here I mean we've got Trey Burton Joku, Jonu Smith Gerald Everett um, Gronk technically I guess is, is on there <laughs> as well uh, I don't think Gronk is coming to the Ravens I'll um, just retire <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, the Lions, I understand, but the Ravens, like, come on now. You got to have some more respect than that. Come on. No, no, I know. I just, I love that video. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah, he's, he, Gronk is, Gronk's pretty funny. I love, too, that he's like, his family's like from Buffalo, too. So I get to hear some stories about, you know, Gronk, pre, pre Patriots Gronk. He seems like a pretty cool dude. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, d- despite all those names on the list, man, I, I got to be honest, I don't think the Ravens are going to make a move at tight end at all. Um, they know that they got to pay Andrews. Uh, I th- 
you know, I think at this point it's more than likely that they do pay him. Um, they already have money tied up with Boyle. I, I don't think they're going to shell out money for a third tight end. It's just, it, it doesn't really add up to me. They've already uh, have those dollars invested. I think that they're going to roll with Tomlinson or uh, any one of the other uh, young guys that they have on the roster. Wolf, um, blanking on the other guy's name, but... Breland. Uh, uh, Breland, yeah, he's the other one. That's kind of my take on it. I think that's totally fair. Um, I think if they're doing it, it's going to be a really cheap option. Someone who's not getting picked up anywhere else, getting for like a vet men. I don't think they're going to really throw money at the problem. It's not that big of a problem to throw money at, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess next up, we'd go with running back. Um, I've I've been on the record saying I don't like paying money for running backs. Um, <laughs> I guess what I would say about this is there are some interesting names available that could be interesting uh i guess i think they'd be interesting for almost any other team i don't know if they're interesting for the ravens per se i think if we didn't see edwards or dobbins really start to contribute in the passing game a guy like mike davis would be really intriguing because i think you could get him relatively on the cheap and i think he is a pretty capable guy that said they did show that ability so i don't think they're going to go in that direction yeah, I look at this position group, and it. I think it really just comes down to what happens with Gus. Um, I think the assumption is that the Ravens hold on to him, but if another, since he is a restricted free agent, so assuming that he doesn't get poached by another team, I think the Ravens will probably target a receiving back in the later rounds of the draft. That would be my expectation. Uh, and you still have Justice Hill there, too, uh, who... Needs a lot of work, but there's still some intrigue there as far as what he can bring. And he has that special teams upside, right? He yeah. does have think, that. Right. I don't think you're going to get out of a rookie year one. That's true. Um, I guess my point there is maybe you have a guy on the practice squad who you bring up if if the re- you want more from the receiving game with those guys. But like we said, yeah, like you said, uh, Gus uh, turned into a bit of a receiving back at the end of last year, and... Dobbins knows that he needs to work on that, so I expect him to come back stronger with that. So yeah, I agree. If if Gus stays, really no need to sign someone. Yeah, I, I think the only the only other name worth mentioning here, and I don't think the Ravens are going to sign him at this point, but Kyle Juszczyk is going to be on the market. So if you're looking for some guy to back up uh, Pat Ricard, you could. That being said, he's not going to back up Pat Ricard. Uh, he can definitely still start anywhere in the league if he chooses. So, yeah, I don't think that reunion is going to happen for the Ravens. But, yeah, I I agree with you guys. I think we've got enough young blood on here that can produce. I, you know, if the Ravens pick up anybody, it's going to be through the draft. It's not going to be through uh, free agency. I guess the last position group to talk about, and this one, if the Ravens sign someone here, it's not going to be terribly exciting. But uh, the Ravens did lose RG3 to free agency. Uh, there's absolutely zero chance they resign him. So you have a very young quarterback room. Do we think that the Ravens may decide to sign a vet guy to help out in a leadership role in the quarterback room? I'm going to say no. And here's my reasoning. So the Ravens had Mark Bulger, I think, the first few years when Flacco was a rookie quarterback until... Was it 2011 that Tyrod Taylor was drafted? Then they rolled with Tyrod as their backup for a few years. Um, 
it's kind of looking the same thing right now with Lamar. You have RG3 for those first two years to kind of uh, teach him, act as a mentor. But now, kind of, you don't need to spend that money there. So we've got some guys on the roster that I think at this point we know that can step in and play a little bit, whether it's Huntley, whether it's McSorley. I think both those guys, I think, have proven that they can play in action uh, when they're needed. And, you know, to be honest, from the results on the field, you know, RG3 may not have been all that much better anyway. So uh, I think the Ravens are probably just going to roll with one of those two guys and, you know, spend those dollars somewhere else. Yeah, there's no situation where you pick up one of these veteran backups and it doesn't cost you more than a guy like Anthony Ferkser would, who I think solves an actual need. And because um, at the end of the day, none of these guys on here, except for maybe Fitzmagic, not Fitz backup. If you're going to give him a, ba- a name, he's going to be Fitzmagic. <laughs> well, he'd be Fitz backup if he comes to the Ravens in that very unlikely scenario. I know. <laughs> Guys, we're going to go two-quarterback backfield, all right? Fitzmagic on one hand and Lamar Action Jackson on the other. That would be so crazy. Can we write this into Alex fanfic? That's not my fanfic. That's your fanfic, if anything. <laughs> that is not this box set. That's not this box set. Now, I will say, we already saw how two quarterbacks in the field worked with... Uh, the illustrious Joe Flacco outline. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not calling for it. Um, even though you know, if it's backup or if it's magic, whatever you want to call him, is uh, going to be a different guy entirely. I think of all the names out there, the guy that I would pick up if they wanted to do this would be Jacoby Brissett. But I don't think they want to do this, and I don't think Brissett's like worth it. So that's that's the end of that take. That's yeah. fine. They don't always have to be good takes. I think it was worth <laughs> Sometimes they're just takes. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, it's funny about us. Uh, so we're talking about Bolger on Baltimore. He uh, he actually was only here one year, 2010. So even more of a of a reason to argue against the need of a of a vet guy to steer the ship. I mean, what what is this? I mean, like at the end of the day, I think I think by your third year, you're a vet in this league. OK, so. <laughs> Lamar's now a vet, and Fair. and it's like if Lamar gets hurt, which is the only situation that any of these guys play, do you really think, like, I mean, I guess they could, like, win a game or two to help, you know, make the playoffs or whatever, but do you really think these guys are going to lead you to a Super Bowl? I mean, <laughs> unless they assemble, like, a 2000-style defense, which I guess is, like, conceivable. Uh, <laughs> like That's essentially what they did this year. I, I, I'm just like, what the, uh, what, what is this? Like... <laughs> everybody's just trying to find the next Nick Foles all right (laughs) yeah like I don't know I'm not too concerned I think honestly what we saw like you said out tracing out of uh Huntley suggests that they're probably going to be just as good as any of these scrubs I mean I I just saw one saw I don't know I think Peter added I'm not trying to throw you on the bus here but Cam Noon dude his arm's dead like the guy is just like not going to be able to play anymore so like like you're not going to sign him. I don't care how good he could like possibly fit. Like he's he's going to be worse than Huntley. Oh, he's the only one from that list I would want them to sign. Really? Well, cuz I think you get him at, at a decent price. You don't have to change the offense much and I mean, he could get he- get healthy a little bit, but also, I mean, I agree Huntley and Trace, they have some potential, but they're not that great at throwing the football right now either. Uh, I don't know, man. I was trying to be a Cam truther. When he came to the uh, Patriots and, and, you know, and he's looked like it for like a week or two there at the beginning. <laughs> but like, it's just, he's just, it's not there anymore. Like, I mean, I don't know. I know a guy who's like a, a hardcore Patriots fan, like watches like a lot of film for a lot of NFL teams. 
and even he was saying like near the end of the year, he's like, just there's something wrong with Cam, like, he, yeah. <laughs> like he just does not look like himself. And I mean, maybe he gets healthy, right? Like you said, I, that's not a risk I'm willing to take for I don't know how much it would possibly cost. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's a it was an it's an interesting thing to consider, and maybe the Ravens do it. I think the probability of it is low, but at the end of the day, Huntley and Trace are cheaper, and like you said the Ravens would have pretty much as good a chance of winning with them as any of the guys on this list in the situation that the Ravens hopefully don't find themselves in. With that, I know we don't have this in the notes, but do we want to close with just us throwing out the guy that from this all of this document that we think was the most likely to for the Ravens to sign in free agency? I think it's a really good question, Peter. To be honest, I think there's only one guy right now who's kind of jumping off the list to me. And uh, you mentioned him at the beginning, so sorry in advance if this was your guy. But uh, Corey Davis, uh, I don't know. I, to me, I think it's just like really, really kind of fits the bill of what the Ravens are looking for. You know, if I'm looking at these O linemen, uh, I'm looking at some of the other position groups. It's just those aren't those aren't really areas of need for the Ravens. Like they could go and spend some dollars there, but it just it just doesn't seem very likely to me. Especially out of like, you know, we talked about a quarterback, running back, tight end. It just, it doesn't really add up that the Ravens are going to spend dollars there. Out of the O-linemen, you know, there's a non-zero chance that some of the guys that the Ravens already have come back. Uh, but wide receiver, uh, there's a clear need for it. You know, there's no veteran leadership in this position group. Bringing one guy on that list, uh, I think makes sense for the Ravens to do. And like you said earlier, I think Corey Davis, there's a lot to like about him. Uh, he could fit in this offense. So I, I, I'm going to go with him. Yeah, he was one of the two guys that I was between. I would go with Curtis Samuel um, because, again, I think he is a fit in Roman's offense. I understand that him and DuVernay do a lot of the same things, but um, maybe just having a guy who's been in the league a little longer could help bring Duvernay and some of those other guys up to speed. I agree that I think Davis is likelier, but I could certainly see the Ravens going Samuel's direction as well. Now, if they brought in Samuel, what kind of deal do you think that would look like? Mm, I'll admit would, I'm not... Would it be like a one-year prove-it deal, or would it be like a you know two, three, few deal or okay. something? Okay, your time... It's gonna be, yeah, because I, I don't really think too much about the... The oh num- yeah, the, don't, don't worry about the numbers. Okay. Yeah, just more more <laughs> yeah, of like a year's thing. There's yeah. other people who go more into that depth than that than I do. Um, gosh, when did that guy come in the league? 2017 NFL draft. Okay, so he's been in the NFL four years. Um, I could see a three year deal because he's he hasn't been he, he he's shown flashes, but he hasn't really had like a really big breakout season. That being said, he might be looking for something a little more secure than that if he's not getting that i just think the ravens could give him a three or four year deal gotcha yeah i guess uh, i was wondering mainly just from like uh you know you said that duvernay is almost the same player at this point what it would it make sense for the ravens to kind of shell out a one-year deal to basically be like hey this guy isn't ready but we know that you will and we know that you're looking for a bigger payday but we can't you know we can't tie those dollars up and so maybe a one-year deal might make sense for like both parties but yeah, I mean, if, if the Ravens really like him, I could see, you know, obviously I could see a longer term deal. Uh, depends on how much they do like them. All right, Alex. So Chris took Davis. I took Samuel. Uh, so we're all saying wide receivers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like, 
I think they will sign a wide receiver, so I might as well shoot my shot with one. I'm going to go with my guy off the top, Marvin Jones. I think they're going to find a way to bring him in. I think he could be a really interesting option, uh, and I want to be different than you guys. Uh, I think all of you guys have brought up, I think those are the top three, right, that are realistic for the Ravens to bring in. So um, I hope one of us is right. That'd be pretty cool. All right. With that, that's our preview of the Ravens' state of affairs going into the free agency from the offensive perspective. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and you'll listen to our take on the defensive side of the ball, which we're about to record right now, but you'll be hearing probably a week after you listen to this one. Cliffhanger. <laughs> As always, if you guys have thoughts or uh, you know want us to let us know what you think the Ravens are going to do, uh, reach out to us. You can reach out to us on Twitter. Ravens underscore recap or send us an email over at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'd love to hear from you. 